but back then it was just like so my immediate click of friends at the time that got sort of like the backlash I mean we didn't really have any positive press whatsoever <laughs> I mean I, I've always struggled with a pot belly particularly back then so no low slung jeans weren't an option and obviously my sort of best mates were supermodels yeah and I think there was this kind of like a messaging out there where it was kind of like girls well ladette culture and it was like yeah you know you can show the boys how it's done sort of thing so it was kind of like uh, me being me, I wanted to prove a point to everyone when really I'm actually completely different from a six foot four rugby player, obviously. However, you know, I'm still going pint for pint with them. My friends actually said, what the hell are you doing? I don't fear that much. Um, I seek results. So the over, yeah, so I seek results more than I feel the fear. Do you know what I mean? So that's probably my motivator again I'm, I'm i'm seeking action as usual because i hate being bored and i hate to stand still ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My guest today is Davinia Taylor, the CEO and author who is making a very welcome return to the podcast. She is a name and face familiar and ever-present in the social consciousness since she became an indelible part of pop culture and Britpop back in the early noughties when paparazzi and tabloids loved to follow her and her friends as they partied at the peak of London's social scene. She was born in Wigan and in her teens started acting and joined the cast of long-running soap opera Hollyoaks. She was an it girl before they were really it girls and lived a life that looked utterly glamorous and charmed. But life didn't feel so charmed a few years ago when, after four children, Davinia found herself feeling sluggish, constantly unwell and overweight. As we discussed on her last visit to the podcast, she felt as though she was on a downward spiral and became desperate for a way out. And that's when biohacking changed her life. Small changes, incremental benefits, and now, age 45, I'd wager she'd say she has never felt better and she has made it her mission to share what she learned with others, feeling as she once did. From the outside, it looks as though Davinia has lived a thousand lives with so many rich and varied experiences. So to discover from her the risks she's taken along the way and the obstacles she's had to overcome feels like a real privilege. Welcome back to the podcast, Davinia. Wow, that's an intro, isn't it? Yes, I'm <laughs> exhausted hearing that. <laughs> well, do you know what? It's funny because I think the last time we spoke, I just I sort of met you where you were, knowing that obviously... I had read about you in the papers. We're the same age. So I thought, oh God, she's um, she's living the life. I wish I was as cool as that lot. And then when you actually sort of realize, God, it is a sort of an indelible part of that consciousness. When you think about those years, you do, you flash up. Um, yeah, it was kind of, uh, it, it was strange. I, I was speaking to somebody the other day who's a journalist. And I'm like, you know, now it's like, Everybody has that scrutiny on them with social media. But back then it was just like, so my immediate click of friends at the time that got sort of like 
the backlash. I mean, we didn't really have any positive press whatsoever. It was literally all the downsides of it. So it's kind of like, it was just like a, it was like a very bitchy Facebook sort of experience throughout the 90s for me. But now everyone has it. So we can all like get on board and go, yeah, it's not the nicest feeling when people are talking about you in public and you can't do anything about it. So yeah, I think, I think now I understand when people get sort of like trolled and stuff. I know exactly how it feels because it's happened to me since, since being a teenager, actually. So, yeah, I think everybody has that cross to bear nowadays. Yeah, but I think when you when I think back about the headlines, it just looked like, God, they're just having the most fun. And I wanted to wear low-slung jeans like you guys. <laughs> I wanted to... <laughs> I mean, I, I've always struggled with a pot belly, particularly back then. So, no, <laughs> low-slung jeans weren't an option. And obviously, my sort of best mates were supermodels, and I'm like... I could not even put one calf in, so forget <laughs> it. So, I mean, you, you know, I mean, it, it, it was fun. I mean, I was in my 20s, and I guess what we were up to, which was kind of um, drinking too much, staying out all night, weekenders, that sort of thing. It, most of my friends who weren't in that immediate clique were doing that anyway because they were just out of uni. They were just, you know, they weren't married or anything like that. So it was just kind of like an exaggerated portrayal of what, the late 90s, early noughties for everyone, really. And I'm pleased it happened in my 20s because I don't think I could do... Well, I couldn't do that in my 40s because my body just wouldn't be able to recover. And I think that's why you do have those sort of... that, that That's why you do overindulge because you can bounce back, really, back then. But now... Not a cat in hell's chance. I would. I mean, I really suffer after a Chinese takeaway with like brain fog and sluggish, and then I start addictive eating, and before you know it, I'm onto an Indian takeaway with an ice cream chaser. So yeah, I, I, I'm very much in tune with my body now, and I know what it's doing. But back then, I could kind of bounce back a little bit, but of course, it always it caught it caught up with me. It caught up with me like it did, like it does people either now in their 40s it's catching up or back then it's I mean I hit rock bottom in my 20s which is kind of a gift Mm -hmm. so I so I've had like all my 30s and 40s pretty uh pretty much on track really and I've just been able to peel off the layers and get more and more health because that's my thing now that that that, that's what I leverage my life on if I feel healthy generally life goes much better really Mm -hmm. you know so yeah it's true. And I think I start all of the episodes now by asking my guests what their relationship is like with risk. And what mm. really struck me about you, perhaps more than any other guest, is that sort of a lifestyle that you lived in the past, you would never have, you would never live like that now. You would never make the decisions that you made in your 20s now because you have done all the work and you know how your body reacts, and you know how you feel. But it didn't feel like a risk at the time. It probably felt like the way that you were living, everything was just like, well, of course, that's what we're supposed to do. We're young. You're supposed to get drunk. You're supposed to go out all the time. Yeah. And I think there was this kind of like a messaging out there where it was kind of like girls, well, ladette culture. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, you know, you can show the boys how it's done sort of thing. So it was kind of like uh, me being me. I wanted to prove a point to everyone when really I'm actually completely different from a six foot four rugby player obviously however you know I'm still going pint for pint with them but you know I mean it was kind of encouraged it was always about you know I mean and when you're at that age you want attention and stuff and you know you can't you're kind of desperate for approval you're coming out of your teens you know you're coming out of school you don't know who you are exactly and you know what drinking too much seemed to be something that was quite accessible to me so yeah I took it on board however you know a lot of my friends did that and they didn't become alcoholic so I think I was 
you don't because you don't make yourself an alcoholic you know what I mean you don't you don't try you can't try to become one you just are you just have that mechanism in your brain and I think it is to do with low dopamine unless you've got trauma which shatters that sort of hormonal um uh levels of that sort of like um uh what's the word uh anyway well I mean it's, it's kind of like an equilibrium you know, right. some people are born with a really uh, nice equilibrium of hormones. I've got um, a slight ADHD. Um, I mean, I think we all have. It just depends on how far on the spectrum you appear. However, I can see now my old behaviors for seeking more dopamine, i.e. another glass of wine, was probably always, it was always in me. So ever, even mm. when I was a little girl, I, I daydream a lot. I'd, I'd often take myself to another place to motivate myself. I, you know, I would... Um, I lean into sweets again that's easy access to dopamine so I mean all the signs were there but it only sort of manifests now now I understand why I was a risk taker it's because I was seeking dopamine and I also that's probably why I became an alcoholic because again wine boosts dopamine so it's it's a it's a long story and I'll I'll still be like an n of one experiment until the day I die I guess which will probably be in a hundred years so (laughs) (laughs) because of all the biohacking yeah my god so taking a step back, before we discuss your biggest risk you've ever taken, how would you describe your relationship with risk and how has it evolved? Um, yeah, I've always been a quite, I've, I've been able to sort of like put um, almost like an fingers in ears and, and, and jump off the side of a, of a bridge type person, as in I, I have a, I don't know what it is. I, I don't fear that much. Um, I seek results. So the over, yeah. So I seek results more than I feel the fear. Do you know what mm. I mean? So that's probably my motivator. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking action as usual because I hate being bored and I hate to stand still. And I think that's just a natural uh, genetic predisposition I've got, you know, mm. and, and, and some people are like that, which is great. So if you roll it back a few 10,000 years or something, when we were in the tribe situation, you would naturally have high risk takers who would go out and seek, you know, um, something to kill, to bring back, uh, to a, hun- a hunter-gatherer, you know what I mean? And then you would have other people who would stay at home and tell stories and educate the young. I'm definitely one of those people that would go out and try and grab myself a, a wildebeest or whatever we would have had in the Serengeti back then. But yeah, so, and it's kind of like leaning into your your gifts, really. I am a risk taker, so... Why should I be penalized for it? You know, if it goes wrong, don't worry, I'll bounce back. I, I, mm. Don't worry for me, you know, I, I'll be okay. And I, I think that's, it, it's kind of like a resilience I have. So I'm not really scared of risk. I mean, I guess I should be with the amount of things that have gone catastrophically wrong. But I just seem to, I, I just kind of like brush it off and pull up my socks and just go, okay, well, all right, that's experience. Let's move on and let's go and find something fabulous to do. That's the thing, isn't it? It's viewing it as experience and viewing it as, well, I won't make that mistake again, as opposed to letting the catastrophic mistake define you and keep you down. Yeah. And I think, again, that is, um, it's a survival mechanism. And, you know, I, I, although don't get me wrong, sometimes within my cycle, just bringing it back specifically to women uh, on days sort of two and three, I obviously have a drop off in estrogen, which pulls my dopamine down completely. And then I, I can catastrophize and then I get into a state of fear, which I assume a lot of people exist in as a natural state. Um, so I took something for my ADHD, like um, um, a medicine that, like, that's available on the NHS. 
And it put me into that state. It put me into a very risk-averse state. It disconnected me from the girls in the office. I didn't have a creative thought in my head. And that's why I don't take those meds. It did the opposite for me. And I, I can understand why maybe a teacher would want the child on that because it really shut me up. But I don't, I don't like not having noise in my head. I mean, yeah. it's been my sort of co-pilot for all these years and I felt really frightened. Mm. So, yeah, I, I hate that fear. I mean, that, I, it's a horrible feeling. So, yeah, days, one and two, uh, days two and three, I, I sometimes experience that normally. I can hack my way out of it, cold shower, a bit of sauna, probably some nootropics, go for a run, bit of house music. I'll stack all the dopamine boosting um, protocols that I know and I'll rev it back up again and I'll normally bounce back by about midday. But it's interesting. I I mean, I I don't know how people survive in that fear state. You know, it's, Mm. it's, it's, it's it's really a scary position to be in. It's funny, isn't it? Because it's this sort of slow thing that gets a grip on you. And you don't necessarily realize, and it takes a long time to build the sort of the mental clarity to be able to spot it. So just like you, if I'm having a weird day, I'll think, hmm, and I'll figure out what day I am on in my cycle. And if it makes sense for me to feel like that, then exactly like you, I can stack up the behaviors that I know will help. But if it's not, then I kind of say, well, snap out of it because it's not, it's not what you think it is. You're just having a crappy day. It could be the weather. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, but that is a really fundamental part. You've not got enough decent daylight in your eyes. So, of course, your cortisol has not been spiked enough during the morning to get you Mm. motivated and to, you know, energize you. So, of course, you're going to feel flatline. If I don't go out in the morning and get some daylight, I mean, bearing in mind I live in the north and it's always bloody cloudy. But I need like 40 minutes of, uh, of like daylight in my eyes to boost that because I know I'm depleted in it. And mm. it's just it's taken me 45 years to, to understand this, that that's what it is. I need daylight. I am an outdoorsy person. I'm just it's never the wrong weather. It's just the wrong clothes. Do you know, <laughs> yes. so I have so much shit to put on. I've got my gloves, my leggings and then the waterproof leggings. Over the top. I mean, it takes me hours to get ready. My flip belt, my headphone. I mean, I look ridiculous going out. But it's always worth it. I always feel better after a run listening to 90s house music and getting some flashbacks. You have just destroyed any excuse anyone could ever now make Correct. for not going out. It's not the weather, it's the clothes. It's Yeah, which gives you an excuse to go shopping. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so just, yeah, flex a credit card and you have full permission, guilt-free shopping. <laughs> so um, I asked specifically all of my guests, tell me what their biggest risk is. And for someone who's now prolific on Instagram and I guess has started a business off the back of uh, Instagram, and I'm guessing a lot of the interaction and engagement that you must have received from sharing your story, you said that the biggest risk for you was actually uploading that first Instagram post because of all of the, well, because of how the press treated you in the past. But I guess as we spoke about a few minutes ago, like basically that relentless trolling. Yeah, and also I, I didn't understand what what happened was I was um, I was with some mums when I still lived in London, and I'd suddenly like from from being like a very sort of swollen, sluggish, typical kind of middle aged mum, you know, just like a, a pushing size sixteen, swollen wrists, swollen fingers, swollen feet, swollen knees, just ugh, exhausted, like bloated as well, you know. I just looked swollen, basically, I looked like a bruise. And then all of a sudden, I just went boom, 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 and started shredding and being a bit more positive and saying, you know, should we do this? It was the opposite from, oh, I've got to go home to do X, Y, and Z, when really it was to watch daytime TV, you know, doing that ITV daytime binge oh, from, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. G- yeah, from, like, literally from um, 
watching the breakfast show right the way through to Lorraine to this morning to loose women I mean that that was my day back to back and then obviously the trips to and from the fridge to graze empty the odd dishwasher exhausting exhausting I mean it was just so sluggish and mm. um I, I was obviously I went to my doctor about this he said you're depressed I said I'm not but anyway that's another story but I start my friends actually said what the hell are you doing and I started to explain to them about uh, the MCT oil I was putting in my coffee, how that stopped me from snacking, how that helped me rest uh, my digestive system so my brain was sharper, how I was doing some cold exposure, how I was taking L-theanine with my coffee so I was getting a cool, calm energy as opposed to a jit- jittery one. And they were like, well, we have to stop. Well, what? What, 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 what are you saying? So can, can, why don't you upload it on Instagram? I went, oh, God, no. No, 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 I'm not doing that. Once bitten. Now, anyone who has been in the mail or anyone who has read the mail, you go to the comment section. That's why. That's why you don't do it because they cut deep. And I understand as human beings, we are hardwired to look out for danger. That's why you can have 10,000 compliments, yet you'll only remember the one nasty one that says you're X, Y, and Z. So that's why I didn't want to do that because I've been through it before. I've been judged and I come out not very well from it, you know. So the rhetoric had always been very negative about me. So I just did, I didn't want to do it really because I was scared. So that was my biggest risk. It was being judged by people and people just being nasty. So <clears throat> she said, oh, please just do it. And then I did. And then the male picked it up and I, ugh. A before and after picture I did and the mail picked it up and I was just oh here we go here we go but really it was there was of course there was a few oh she's just x y and z it's her own fault she's an alcoholic she lost a son da, 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 all this who why should we listen to her but do you know what I was I was actually in a, a mental state that was so much better I had more resilience and I, mm. I mean I feel like texting them back saying are you all right and I actually felt that are you okay because you sound like I did five years ago do you know what mm. I mean? So it's, it's like the perception had changed in me, but I didn't know that at the time. So that's why that was the biggest risk for me, because I didn't want it to take me under, because I'd only just started feeling good about myself. But miraculously, I suddenly realized that I'm flipping like Teflon. These guys want to come at me. I will argue with you till five in the morning. I'm quite up for it. I love it. I love a heated debate with somebody who doesn't know what they're on about. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what, that's what's really interesting because for you it was well there were, I mentioned it in the introduction small changes that yeah. led to incremental benefits what was the first one do you remember was there a day when you thought I don't want to feel like this anymore yeah I mean it was we had I Jude was only young to be honest and it was I was just I constantly sighing, you know, <gasps> go upstairs, I'd sigh and I'd get into the bed and, uh, and and then I'd get out the bed and I'd go do the clean the kitchen and everything was an effort. Mm. You know, my legs were heavy, everything. And I was just like, God, is this depression? What is this? You know, because I've, I've been on antidepressants before wrongly, you know, but I, I'm like, what, what is wrong with me? Why am I just so unimpressed with life what is it what what is that and it was solid brain fog Mm. it was awful and um funnily enough I think it was a BBC documentary came on BBC two or something about cold water exposure and I just thought to myself okay well I've got a shower there literally I don't even have to go outside because going outside wasn't available to me I didn't even want to take the baby for a walk I didn't I I didn't want to see another mom I didn't want to chat 
go away. I want to be spoon-fed daytime TV and spoon-feed myself ice cream and eat pizza or leftovers and then just hate myself. That's how I was, that's how I was operating. And it was the cold water and the word dopamine that sort of resonated. And then something clicked and like, okay, so this is like a hormonal situation. Um, okay, all right, well, let's, let's try a cold shower. Let's see what happens. And sure enough, I, I hate it. I hate it now. We all hate it, but that's why it works. And what it does is it boosts your dopamine by about 250%, which is equivalent to like a glass of wine or like a line of cocaine, obviously both of which you can't take, mm-hmm. uh, particularly at 11 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday um, <laughs> and while looking after a baby. Yeah, so you can't do that. But, so, but it actually worked for me because I went downstairs and I loaded up the dishwasher and I wiped up and it wasn't as bad. And it was just that that got me through. I didn't run a marathon. I didn't even go outside. But I got through cleaning the kitchen yeah. without just wanting to lie down in the middle of the floor going to go back to sleep. It just did something. And that was the step one in a million steps. And now I'm constantly seeking more because it's in my nature too. Because, hey, I'm an addict. So I've turned it to my benefit. And now I'm always... and. It, it, I mean, I, I could not listen in school, but for some reason, this subject, because it involves my survival and my mental health, I can hyper-focus on it. Mm. So that ADHD that sometimes you have that you can't listen to the white noise about geography, history, and uh, Pythagoras theorem, all noise, 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 noise. All of a sudden, this is relevant to me and my boys. I can hyper-focus mm. and I'm motivated too. So that's why it worked for me. And I'm here to sort of like say, this is what's working for me right now as a 45-year-old mother of four and a company owner and general scatterbrain. This is what's working for me. Give it a go, you know, and you don't need, I don't need to be have all sorts of qualifications to say that because man's been doing it for time immemorial. It's only now have we drifted away from what our bodies really need to do, which mm. is thrive. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I think what's really struck me as well about getting older is this idea of that was almost like you are going to decline. You are slowly going to feel less good. And actually I would argue that it doesn't, obviously it takes effort. I'm not saying that it doesn't, but you can feel great. But if you had said to me 20 years ago, how do you think you'll feel at 45? I it it would have been a pessimistic view, right? You would have said the same thing. It'd been like, Oh, I probably would have gained weight. would would have a spare tire, all of these things. And I, for me, it's the fact that that sort of stereotype, if you like, takes away your agency to be able to make change. It's like, oh, well, that's going to happen. There's nothing I can really do about it. But it's also the general rhetoric throughout society and the medical board that, yeah, this is what's going to happen. Oh, it's just your age. Of course, you know, you're just your age. Let's put you on uh, metformin. Let's whack you on some antidepressants and on your way with you. Oh, and I tell you what, here's a bit of estradiol. There you go. Now you're sorted. Now that's healthcare. Mm. You're like... What am I paying for this? Mm-hmm. Am I paying for this? This is rubbish. This doesn't help anyone. This mm-hmm. just wrecks my liver. Thanks very much. So, yeah, I mean, I, you literally, no one can look after you like you can look after yourself. Fact. And, you know, you could take the, take away the noise and start finding what resonates with you. Um, th- that's that's the keys to, keys to the kingdom. Because what stresses me out won't stress you out. What I crave, you may, may not crave. You know, so it's about the one size fits all approach is debunked. It's it's, it's a waste of time. It's a waste mm. of time. You've got to take control of, of you and just see what's blocking you from becoming your best self. I mean, 
10 years, let me see, you know, maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago, um, if you'd have told me I could just put on a pair of trainers and run the Manchester Marathon, turning up late, by the way, in the wrong trainers, without pins to put my number on, having a row with my husband, I mean, I saw that. I mean, I had to run to the start line because we'd gone the wrong way. I mean, it's just everything was stacked against me. But I am that fit now. I can just do that without even warming up. Mm. So you're telling me that any doctor in the land would say, oh, I don't know about that. You're stressing yourself out. I was born to run. It's in my DNA. Why, why are you trying to complicate things? You know, if, if I can hack into my brain chemistry, give myself some nootropics, I'll just keep going like the roadrunner. And I'll enjoy myself and I'll have a laugh along the way. And I set up a just giving page at about mile 10 just to get me through it. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, I mean, I hate admin. I need that um, a level of dopamine and movement to get me to do admin. So I did it while I was running and raised a few thousand pounds for a cancer fund, you know. So it, nothing is impossible. And I think, once again, it's the norm. Normal doesn't mean healthy. Normal doesn't mean, doesn't mean good. It just means most common. And last time I looked at our population, most common was very, very, very unhealthy. And I hate that lazy medicine rhetoric. Oh, you're in within normal range. Well, tell me what that normal range is based on, Doctor. Is that on people who are happy and thriving? Or is it just a cross-section of society that you've picked at random? I, I, because I don't know. I don't think they know either. So it's, we've, got, we've got to do our own due diligence here. We've been spoon-fed long enough, and it's not working. I think that's exactly the point, isn't it? Is that if you don't feel right and you ask for help and someone says to you, no, no, you're fine, but you don't feel right. You have to, you have to interrogate that and you have, and you have to understand you can potentially do something about that. Absolutely. I mean, way, way years ago, years ago, uh, we moved house because I was having uh, another baby funnily enough I've always seemed to be pregnant um and so we had to get a bigger house so we moved doctors and it was only doing that that I, I got this young cool doctor and um, I was registering the children and he said let's take a look at you and he had a look at all the meds that I'd been put on years before maybe seven years before including bipolar medication antidepressants anti-anxiety and he's like what is this what, what, what's gone on here? And, and I explained to him about having IVF. I explained to him about having postnatal depression. I explained to him about alcoholism and everything. He said, no, 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 no. This is, this is way off. This is far too much. This is like knock out an elephant. What? Let's get you off this. And it was only by moving house that this doctor just got me off all that. Otherwise, God knows what would have happened to me. So that young guy, I think, saved my life, saved my kids from having a really depressed mum and um, yeah, it got, it got me where I am today. So I, I can't even remember his name, but I would love to go and give him a cuddle. You know, so there's some good guys that there's some great GPs there. But I just think right now, if there's so much noise and panic going on that people aren't getting the service that we pay for. But I mean, hats off to him. Without him getting me off all those medications, I would never have been able to sort of like see what was actually going on with me because I was just full of adhedonia. I was indifferent to life. I was numb. Nothing. Mm. I, I couldn't laugh. I couldn't cry. I wasn't bothered. I was meh, you know, meh. And I think that's coming up more and more. There's so many people who are saying, yes, I'm on SSRIs because I'm depressed. But to be honest, I'm indif indifferent to life, you know, and that's the overprescribing of it. Again, yeah. 
Big Pharma backed all the studies. We never got any of the side effects. None of, none of us know. Some people have been on it for 20, 30 years. You know what I mean? Of course the liver's going to have an impact. And without your liver functioning, you're not going to have brain chemistry to work properly. So it's like, God, where do we start? But you just got to start with yourself. You've got to mm-hmm. just stay in your own lane and hack your own sort of hormones. And before you know it, you'll feel empowered enough to start like thinking about longevity, thinking about doing something exciting, setting up a company and taking risks mm-hmm. if you want to, because you've got that resilience and you've got that know-how, how to bounce back if something does go wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's about not living in fear. And I think fear is manufactured by poor gut and brain health, to be honest, because you're on high alert, always on high alert. You're making me think about what I used to do in the past when I was still really struggling with food in particular. And it didn't matter what I felt, food was the answer. And I can Mm -hmm. see that now with clarity, but at the time I couldn't. So if I woke up and I felt sluggish, I would think, have a big breakfast. If I had a headache, have some cheese puffs because cheese puffs make your headache feel better. Yeah, of course. Yeah, great, great electrolytes in cheese puffs. I mean, if I, but everything, every feeling that I had that would come to the surface, I wouldn't think about it for too long. I would try to push it down with food. That's what I've understood. Food was the answer to everything. You know, like yeah. chicken soup for the soul, but it's just like, yeah. but you're using every single type of food to deal with every emotion that you are having. Yeah, and it, I mean, I think for me, emotion, the, the one that stands out for me is stress. Mm. So that comes when you're overtired. That comes when you're worried about something. That's stress. Um, that's cortisol in action. That's put you on high because your body will make cortisol. It's the most important hormone in your body. Without cortisol, you die. So even if you've got progesterone pumping around, the progesterone will be stolen to make cortisol. So that soothing comfort hormone, progesterone, will be stolen to make cortisol to keep you alert. So if you're getting emails, if you're getting dumped by your boyfriend, if you're getting, if you're to bed late, all this is a stress hormone. So naturally, what dampens down cortisol is carbohydrates because that will transfer into serotonin, which is our cozy hormone, our comfort hormone, and that will sort of like buffer that cortisol response so you were actually biohacking but you didn't realize it you were actually instinct eating instinctively because you were under attack be it mental physical whatever it was that dis-ease you were thinking you were reaching out for foods that you associated with comfort to just dull those feelings of high anxiety and everyone calls them treats treat yourself treat yourself well, treat myself to brain fog, treat myself to addictive eating, treat myself to another craving, treat myself to having less cash in my wallet because I'm now going to chase it with God knows how many other foods, other hyperpalatable foods. You know, it's bonkers. I mean, there's one thing that gets on my nerve. It's a um, um, Marie Curie uh, uh, charity. Now, my mum died of cancer, so I know how great those women are and th- that charity is. But they do bake sales. They do bake mm. sales to raise money for cancer. And we all know that sugar exacerbates cancer. I'm like, where is the conversation here? Why aren't we taking our dogs for a walk and, and doing that instead? It's like we are all too scared to say, guess what? Sugar's like a class A drug. Can we try and substitute it for maybe stevia and try and level our insulin response so we don't get brain fog and we don't have a, a drop in dopamine so we start seeking out more dopamine spiking foods? Why is this not just taught? That, that, it's not your fault. It's not lack of willpower. It's a lack. It's a lack of glucose in your brain. 
That's mm. all it is because of what you ate 15 minutes ago. And I'm like, it's like as a society, we're too scared to admit it. We're too scared to give up these addictive foods. And for me, it's just like mass addiction. It's mass addiction on a global scale. And we're seeing it. Children are getting uh, non-fatty liver disease. Why? Because of what we give them. And it's not right because mm. life's tough enough without having a, a poor health at the age of 11. You know, and we can see it happening. But we, we allow it, the advertising, we allow inflammatory foods to be every, all over the supermarket. There should be a band aisle, you know. Mm. But, but it's not. It's pushed on us because these companies have so much power. They've hijacked our thinking. Then they misinterpret it and they manipulate us and they confuse us. And then because to do, we just go do what we've always done and we pick up pot noodle we pick up a bag of crisps we pick up an mintero because you know it's going to come for us so um but it actually doesn't that it's, it's it's a lie we're being sold a lie it's taken me a really really long time because i think i've i've diet dieted successfully many times over the years yeah. and even a few years ago when i was like i'm on top of it i was but i recently had to look at food again because i okay. backslid a bit on my path to recovery isn't linear and I realized that what the that my backsliding was trying to accommodate more carbohydrate treaty type food and I thought well I'm going to keep having this slip unless I change how I think about it and it's exactly that now I think it's about zooming out and taking a look at right okay you remember last time you were on the show I told you how much I love cheese and onion squares Yes, because mine is salt and vinegar is crypton to me. That is my gateway food. Yes, I know. Exactly. The square, the square crisp is such a powerful flavor bomb, right? Wow. It's a delivery system for a good it time is. and it's delicious. I haven't had one since because of our conversation. And yeah. now I, I do, I zoom out and I think so many people will tell you a treat won't hurt, but actually it, it will in the long term. So now it's not that I abstain because I'm, on some strict regime and I can't, it's because I actively choose not to. I actively choose to find a, a good time somewhere else. Exactly. Not- well, exactly. It's like, so for me, I still drink, but I don't drink alcohol because of what alcohol does to my mood. It sets off a cascade of cravings and I can't say, no, well, I, I, my body craves it. Like it's, 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 I'd have to white knuckle the next five days. And that's something I, I don't have the time or the energy to white knuckle anything. Mm. Never mind, you know, so I just, it's the first bite that does the damage because it's acting on all your receptors in your brain, be it gambling, sex, shopping, food, whatever it is, we've all got our isms. So it's not like we're a minority. The whole planet is over consuming. I mean, look Mm. at the phones. I have to watch myself on reels. I'm watching cats for hours. What is my problem? You know, <laughs> clipping cats jumping off, off off dishwashers to attack people, and I'm laughing my head off. I mean, for hours, you know. And I'm trying. I should be watching Succession. You know, that's what I would plan to do. But I'm in bed watching cats. So I mean, it's always there. Temptation's always there. Mm-hmm. But it's just being open and honest about it. That actually, that that sort of thing can impact my life because it's going to impact my sleep, and I'm going to feel crap in the morning, and then I'm more likely to eat junk food. It's being able to fast forward, just fast forward to how it's going to take you and get ahead of the craving with proper nutrition, proper nootropics for your brain, for brain energy and function. And, you know, I mean, try overeating eggs. Try having six or eight eggs. Do you know what I mean? I could have six or eight bags of crisps. 
but mm. I can't do that with eggs because I will pop. So mm. if my if you're just coming off those the, the, those addictive foods, get eggs in and just fill up on eggs, and then you'll probably have you're bound to lean into something like sh- sugary afterwards. So have a chocolate protein shake with a banana in. That has got sugar in, it's a banana, but it's not going to have the vegetable oils and the addictive, the properties that literally cause you to eat more and more and more. You've got to forget about the calories and you've got to count the chemicals because that's what's doing the damage. It's isolating those chemicals that send you on a roller coaster of emotional ups and downs, trying to chase, it's just chasing the dragon, you know, chasing the dragon. You've mentioned nootropics a few times. Would you mind explaining for listeners who might not know what they are? Okay, so nootropics is a term coined by the Silicon Valley guys. Um, It's like smart drugs. So it activates your brain synapses to work quicker. So, um, yeah, so all the coders over there, it it helps them just code faster. Now, I'm just trying to make sure that I've got PE kits and I put the wash on and I've paid the car tax or I don't know, I'm going to the right flipping train station on the right day. That's my idea of coding hell. So I am not like reinventing the internet here. I just need to get through a day. So you can have all, there's all sorts of different nootropics. Caffeine is the most widely abundant one. What caffeine does, it opens up your dopamine receptor, which is your drive and ambition and desire hormone. So it opens it up. And what you can do is uh, feel more dopamine. So caffeine's a good one. If you get jittery from caffeine, like I do, you team that with another nootropic called L-theanine, which is an amino acid, you find it in green tea, and that gives you a cool, calm energy. So if you're like stacking your days with caffeine and coffee, team that with L-theanine. First of all, it'll stop the insomnia later, but it'll also just make your brain flow better, and it'll make it a much nicer experience if you're trying to think on tax returns or something absolutely torturous like that. There's another uh, nootropic called macunapurines, which um, contains a substance called L-dopa, which is the precursor for dopamine. So you can combine those three together and you've got a dopamine bomb. So I Mm. sometimes use uh, nootropics before a run or before a a meeting where I need to focus and not drift off. I mean, for example, when I was getting divorced, um, I remember like all this awful news is coming to me. They're having this taken off you, that's taken off you, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. All I could think about was the lawyer's tie I'm thinking, oh, God, I really wouldn't have teamed that with that shirt. It's awful. (laughs) I mean, I had life-altering experience happening to me, but my brain was just like, hmm, the tie doesn't work with the shirt. I mean, come on. And so, you know, I I need to be able to use my brain well when I need to. So that's why I use nootropics. Tons and tons of companies all over the world are now moving into this space. And Mm. it's brilliant because if you just need on-tap energy or you've got jet lag or something like that, Get yourself some nootropics. They they work. They help. Well, so I always ask guests as well, what's an excuse that you make for yourself? And you said that um, I'll do it tomorrow. But I mean, mm. we've already been chatting for about half an hour. And that to me, the idea that you procrastinate is just bonkers because... Oh, but I do. That's, that's my natural state of affairs, <laughs> to sit and watch cats on reels. That's my, that's my go-to at the moment. So yeah, I need to get ahead of that procrastination. I need to get up. I need to take a shot of uh, nootropics. I need to put house music on. I need to get sunlight in my eyes to ensure the rest of my day goes according to plan and not according to the algorithm on Instagram that now knows exactly what I'm into and sucks me into the vortex that is time wasting, you know? So yeah, I, I procrastinate. I, if I don't get ahead of that craving, I, I'm, I'm scuppered. 
I am scuppered. So yeah, I, I need to have brain activating ingredients like MCT oil in my coffee or MCT oil just off the spoon. Boom, get it down. All of a sudden, my brain starts going, hello. Okay, we've got some ketones here. Can work with this for a few hours. We're not going to think about food. We're not going to look for food subconsciously. We're just going to go out and do what we're meant to do. And you can do X, Y, and Z. Oh, and by the way, you forgot to take the uh, PE kit to school. So do that on your way into the office. Do you know what I mean? And it's that that's not what makes my life manageable. It's just knowing what chemicals work with your brain. And I think that's where health is really missing out. It's Everything starts with the brain. Every movement begins in the brain, whether you put your trainers on to go for a run or you just put your slippers on to shuffle back to the fridge. It all That decision was made in the brain and it starts with what ingredients is swilling around there. Is it glucose yeah. or is it ketones? And just to be sure, I, I'm not a keto dieter. I have carbohydrates at night. So that's when I have like, say, sourdough with cheese on toast and all that. We're like, oh, lovely, lovely, lovely with Worcester sauce on and everything. That That's what I have at night. Mm to like relax into some god-awful Netflix series that I'll binge on because those carbohydrates are time appropriate. It's going to trip into serotonin, which then tips into melatonin, the sleep hormone, and I get a cozy, cozy, brain-foggy sleep. Great. That's great at 10 o'clock at night. It's not great at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when you've had a sandwich. It's not great then because you're going to reach for sugar, you know? Mm. So, yeah. yeah. You can rattle things off, you, the precursors to hormones, the pathway to this, what turns into what. And it's really impressive. But I, even though I know a lot of this stuff, I can't keep up and I can't join the dots. And if I was to sort of go into the kitchen and think, right, what am I going to eat now? I wouldn't necessarily be able to say what you've just said. And I wondered, is it hardwired in you now? Yes. Like if you yes. remember, yeah, your, your brains are totally and utterly malleable at every stage of your life. So like I said before, for me, this is a survival mechanism. So it just becomes automatic that I seek out danger. So I seek out, I seek out on labels, sunflower oil and rapeseed oil, because I know that will trigger addictive eating. And I know instinctively to fast forward to addictive eating could lead into addictive drinking because my mood would be so low. So for me, it's just a warning that no, back mm -hmm. away, back away. Yeah. Um, so it, it is possible to retrain the brain. I mean, I, I left school with GCSE qualifications and then went to be an actor. You cannot get any further away from what I'm doing now to back to when I left school. You know, I was really focused on Marlboro Lights and <laughs> the like, you know. I mean, so it, it's a complete 180 for me. So if I can do it, and I, I've that's why I've written books, because I've done it in a way that is, accessible that's not sciencey that's you know try this see what happens it's only one thing it's, it's only 15 seconds in the shower see what happens it's mm -hmm. not going to kill you in fact it definitely will not kill you because it'll just make you more resilient but you know if you don't want resilience and you want to not eat addictively try a teaspoon of mct or before you do anything in the morning or maybe have some electrolytes in the morning really important to have electrolytes in the morning because the, your brain is powered on electricity if you're dehydrated without enough potassium and sodium and the like, you're going to have brain fog. I mean, that is just one thing to do. And as soon as you harness the power of the brain, you're teachable. So that yeah. for me is really important. And yet, if you think about what probably a lot of people might have interpreted as being a great breakfast, because it's what's sent, it's what's sent to us in messaging. It's orange juice, it's coffee, it's a carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. it's, it's well it's dessert it's basically dessert for breakfast mm. and you know where does that messaging come from 
like the huge agricultural industries, huge. I mean, it's the cheapest food on the planet, corn and um, wheat. So, yeah, just just follow the money. Follow the money. Um, eggs are the best breakfast in the world, really. That's what my kids have. They don't have any cereal whatsoever. Um, the last thing I want to do is give them brain fog at 10 o'clock because they're low in glucose, so they're still seeking. So they'll start subconsciously seeking out, losing focus, acting up in school. My boys are naughty enough. The last thing they need is brain fog to just tip them over the teacher's edge, you know, to be like, get the children out of here. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I try and eat as, um, what's the word, ancestrally as possible, you know, like a lamb, that sort of thing. Um, obviously, it's grass-fed because it's lamb and it's local. I mean, that, all my kids love lamb. That's their favorite meat. I mean, uh, we, we very rarely, we, we very, very rarely have um, loads of vegetables. They don't like them. And they're hardwired not to like them because of all the oxalates in them. I mean, if you have any sort of like green smoothie, a vegetable smoothie, look how you bloat. You just explode, you know. It's mm. it. That vegetables aren't the superfood they've been made out to be. Um, lamb and beef is, and uh, oysters. But I can't get the kids. Oh, actually, one kid will eat an oyster just to be gross. I think. Likes, <laughs> you know, look what I've got in my mouth. Yeah. So there's all that going on. But yeah, I mean, I, I think now slowly mainstream media is saying actually, yeah, red meat is really good for you. Sorry, our bad. Would you believe it? It was all the stuff it was wrapped in, like the sausage rolls and stuff. Maybe it was the pastry that was bad. Sorry about that. But, you yeah. know, and like, and the whole cholesterol, the whole uh, brilliant book I'm, what I'm reading at the moment called The Great Cholesterol Con. It's so funny. But finally, now mainstream media are saying, okay, yeah, so yeah, you do need cholesterol for your sex hormones. You do need cholesterol for actually billions of different uh, functions in the body. And high cholesterol actually doesn't mean that you're going to get a heart attack it's that's been debunked as well but guess what the mainstream media have not done any press on it because it doesn't fit with what they've been saying and what they've been paid to say by Vitalite for years so interestingly the American Heart Association it's got a journal so that's where the rest of the world takes its lead from and they've got a tiny paragraph in there and it says very very underwhelming it says Dietary cholesterol is no longer a molecule of concern for overconsumption. And that's the end of that. And so it's like, don't, don't say anything about what we've been saying for the past 30 years. We'll just, we'll just put that in there, deep, deep in the text, and uh, we'll leave it at that. So saturated fat and high cholesterol foods are actually really good for you. It's the polyunsaturated fats, your margarines, your rapeseed oils, your sunflower oils. That's what's really bad for you. But going to take 20 years for the rhetoric to change and I've not got 20 years to wait is it everything that was designed to make life more convenient because you and I same age you you and I can both remember tv dinners all of the things that were suddenly like lean cuisine the idea that you would squeeze an orange why would you squeeze an orange when you could get a can of orange that's full of yeah. all this crap I think that we definitely were brought up in that era to yeah. be honest of just kind of like food is something that should be convenient and that's the thing I've had to unteach myself. I mean, I guess it was the, it sort of like ties in hand in hand with a feminist movement as well. Yeah. So it's like getting women out of the kitchen. This is convenient. They can go to work. Bearing in mind, of course, that brings two tax revenues into the government. I mean, it's, it's all really spooky. Mm -hmm. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I do not like cooking. And I even hate tidying up even more. <laughs> but I'd rather have a leg of lamb in there than a lean cuisine, you know, mm. I, 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 because I know what had happened to my my health. And, you know, it it is it is time consuming to to cook properly. It is. 
it's boring. That's why it was invented in the first place. And that's why it was such a runaway success. But you cannot get easier than scrambled eggs and butter. You can't. I mean, it's the fastest food in the world and it's a complete protein. And it will just, it will literally give you the pause button when you are about to reach for, I don't know, the takeaway button, the delivery button. It really will. Just get that and just give yourself a fighting chance to uh, not kick off those cravings in the first place. Yeah. Eggs, man, eggs. You, I asked you what's an obstacle that you've had to overcome. And I like your answer to this because you said that you've actually harnessed your addictive personality basically for good, to be positive and creative. And actually, if you hadn't, it could have been many, many wasted hours just sort of like not living your life look, to look, look, looking at cats looking at cats <laughs> looking at, yeah well you can look um, at cats every now and again Davinia it's I know but hey you know I, I know that ism still there in me to just like get fixated on something but yeah like I said before um my survival instinct is very strong as it is with everyone so this biohacking industry gives me not only instant results it also gives me a, a, a focus to put my addictive sort of predisposition into something Mm. that is you know it's beneficial I see instant results and also it's kind of like giving me a hyper focus onto something rather than I mean beige is bad for me beige and boring is bad for me if I'm bored I can easily just start going do you know what maybe a little glass of wine in in a beer garden that can come up like boom we're talking 15 years here you know and it's still there so don't get me wrong that is there so yeah, I, I need to, I need to, I need to literally cross addict into something. Because well, people that's... would look at you and say, "Oh, she's she's turned like she's she's different. She's she's now this wellness person." And I think the missing piece is, well, yes, but that doesn't mean that the person that she was before has is long gone, and she doesn't have any of those feelings anymore. It's a conscious decision every day to live this way exactly. rather than fall back. Exactly. And that's why I like to remain vigilant and occupied. And I'm just seeking out the next big thing. You know, that that's enough for me. That's enough for me to keep me away from self-destruct because I can easily press it because I've got form of doing that, you know, and I don't need to go out there and experiment again. I know what keeps me safe and I know what keeps me useful. So and they're, they're intertwined, you know, they're absolutely intertwined. So, yeah, I keep vigilant, guys. It's a, it's a rough world out there, you know, it's a rough world. And so, you know, and it's good to know what you're dealing with. Mm. It's, it's brain chemistry, you know, it's brain chemistry. You need to arm yourself with knowledge on how to hack your brain to hack a great life around you. Well, I ask everyone, what's your biggest regret? And you said not understanding your brain chemistry at a younger age, ah. mm. because it's been painful living with guilt and shame for decades. And I wanted to yeah. know what you meant by the shame and guilt that goes with not knowing okay. your brain chemistry. So what I didn't know is, it's, it's alcoholism really, because it's like, oh, it's that dark, uh, shameful secret. And I, I wasn't hiding a trauma. I wasn't hiding, a, you know, a, nothing bad had happened to me, which everyone assumes that that's what alcoholism is. Not that I've just got a warped bit of dopamine and white wine boosted it. Weirdly enough, beer didn't. It was white wine. Mm-hmm. So that, see, that's weird in itself. So that's very sort of nuanced to me. Um, and the whole... Oh, well, you know, she had a kid taken off her because of it. So that's just that really dark rhetoric of you are shameful, you're an unworthy mother. You're, I mean, just the worst experience anyone can go through when nobody actually decided, should we take this girl's hormones? Should we see if she's had IVF? Should we just see what that huge plummet in estrogen was? Should we just see what the knock-on effects? No, not that. You are bad. 
you are bad. And I felt bad. And I felt really like I was screaming. How I remained sober through that shame and guilt, nobody knows. I, I don't know. There's a power greater than me that did that. So, I mean, probably rage had a lot to do with it and the injustice that I had to fight. That was probably the overriding emotion there. But, yeah, it's... Um, but if someone had explained to me, I tell you what, let's have a look at your hormone panel. Let's do a Dutch test on you. Obviously, something's out of whack uh, and we can we can plot it out. Let's do that. Oh, by the way, I think you've got ADHD. So maybe let's have a look at sort of doing X, Y and Z. None of that was available. It was just you're in the court. You're humiliated publicly. The male will pick that up. That'll be nice. And everyone can have a field day and laugh at you and hate on you, really. So it was just having no knowledge. And I think, and me speaking out about it now, hopefully someone will, it will resonate with a few other people and go, bloody hell, that happened to me. I was cajoled into X, Y, and Z because I didn't feel right. And I was labeled, you know. So I'm, I'm just hoping that helps some other women and men and families sort of get to the root cause of what's going on and, and why we act out how we do. How we do because it, it, it's a cry for help. It's nothing else. It's something's gone amiss and it needs fixing. But I've done it myself, you know, I, 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 I've, I've done it myself. I've hacked around it myself with the help of something more powerful, like seeing that doctor, like moving house, like getting off the bipolar medication because I didn't have bipolar at all. It was just very fashionable back then for some reason. I mean, that I could not have controlled. That was just luck, luck of the gods. So mm. for that, I'm eternally grateful. But I just, I just wish I had a roadmap that I could have understood what had gone wrong as to why I was so ill but nobody told me that it was literally you're bad uh we're gonna make you pay mm. and that's the thing isn't it it's like this is who you are mm-hmm. and that's that and so you are just a terrible person yeah it, and I mean, you know it happens room. it happens a lot to women and we are, you know we are all at the mercy of our hormones and it's just not acknowledged. It's like, oh, God, she's hormonal. That's why my next book is, is literally dedicated to everyone who's been told they're hormonal mm. because it's such a diss, you know? It's such a diss. And no, there doesn't seem to be any decent amount of funding going into actual hormones that tracking women 24-7. No, it's, it, we, we don't get a look in. Because I, don't know, I don't know why because of 51% of the population, but it's you know such what- a diss. Do you know what grinds my gears is when I go onto TikTok because I've graduated from Instagram Reels oh, and I'm now wow. on TikTok. <laughs> I tried, but I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just like, I can't do a dance. Um, oh no, you don't have to do anything. It's just what what it feeds you. And every, okay. because it, it tries to guess and it'll throw you the odd curveball. I would say every third or fourth time I go onto TikTok, I am fed an ad or an influencer pouring themselves a smoothie and they'll say, this is the protein smoothie that balances my hormones. And I'm like, is it bitch? <laughs> because... <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Sure. Because it does. The idea yeah. that you can balance your hormones, the entire, the whole point of a cycle is that they are different at every single point it's during that most, cycle. It's like, it's the most ridiculous synchronized swim that's going on. That if, I'm sorry, but if some PhD can't figure it out, some girl who's probably 25 making a smoothie sure as hell doesn't know Mm. you know what I mean and it's down to you and your symptoms it's what's going on for you on that day on in that minute Mm. that's how quick they shift from minute to minute you know so it's down to you to figure out what's right for you and that that's why I'm 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 so adamant that this isn't just about uh, 
menopause or perimenopause or mm. jumping on that bandwagon. This is about society understanding their own makeup. You know, it's as it's as important as knowing your DNA. And you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, it's more so because it makes you laugh. Hormones make you laugh. They make you cry, but they make you really joyous. Mm. You know, they're, they're really at all. They make you confident. They make they make you take risks, good risks that pay off. That's mm. what hormones shape society and it's so overlooked even poor guys don't get a look in now their testosterone levels are half what they were in the 60s mm. i mean and that because of estrogen dominance blokes are getting man boobs blokes are getting like uh, mood disorders like pmt because of this and it's because of the plastics and obviously i'm not going into all that stuff but you can hack around it you get, give your bloke some dim and calcium deglucurate clear out all that estrogen and watch him bounce back watch him watch his testosterone soar you know, mm. it's it's a, it's a proper epidemic. And I, I just think, you know, it's great that you have me on talking about it because I just want to I just want to share my journey because I think it's bloody useful because I'm very what I've been through is pretty common. I just take away the news of the world bit. I've got a pr- very common chat, you know, yeah. everyone goes, oh, my God, that happened to me. Oh, my God, I felt like that. Yeah, I get brain fog then. You know? But I think what you do, which is which is the powerful part of the equation that you have is for a lot of people, they will resign themselves to they just don't feel good anymore and there's nothing they can do. And the things that they will reach for to make them feel better fundamentally won't work. But I think what you do is you're like, just come over here for a second. Yeah, one second. Look at this. Just mm. look at this. Think about it this way. You're not a, a wellness guru who says, live like I do. If anything, your message is arm yourself with the information and then cater it to how you're feeling and your circumstances. Don't do what I do, because I think you fundamentally know that what worked for you isn't going to work for everyone. Correct. Correct. And what works, you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not a fan of the chick flick. You know, some people, my best mate, she loves like Jennifer Aniston movies. I hate them. I like action movies. And it's as nuanced as that. But we're best mates. Mm. You know, and it's and it's just being able to know and sharing little hacks. Oh, God, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing a sauna every night before bed and then a little bit of a cold shower and then I'm lying on the spike mat and I can't believe my sleep. My sleep scores sh- shot through the roof. And just little sh- tips like that. It doesn't require going to the doctor. It doesn't require anything. It could even even if you've not got a sauna, you have a very hot Epsom salt bath. So mm. you get so hot that you can feel your pulse in your head. So like a good 30 minutes, listen to a podcast. You might be doing that now and then have a cold shower for 15 minutes. Your body will be screaming for the cold anyway. You'll be so desperate. And then go to bed. Mm. Just see what you are hacking your hormones like you wouldn't know. The parasympathetic nervous system, which is your calming system, will have been activated. So you will literally drift into a deeper sleep. And the great thing about cold showers is they're adaptogens. So they either rev you up or rev you down according to the light. So if you do one in the morning, your body knows because of the daylight in your eyes and on your skin, it knows that it's going to boost you. Mm-hmm. And if you do it at night when you've got your candles on, I hope, or just like your TV on so it's darker, your body instinctively knows to just induce those really nice hormones, the oxytocin, the melatonin, the serotonin, just to calm you right down. And that's free. Mm-hmm. And that literally is so easy to remember. Another, another trick is actually just to flip a coin in the morning. So heads means have a cold shower, tails means not, because you need to keep your body guessing because your body will very cleverly adapt and you don't want it to adapt. You want it to, you want it to pump out dopamine as and when, you know? So yeah, keep your body guessing. So it's not something you have to do every day. It's literally sporadic. And, and that, that's, that's the excitement of dopamine. 
I do like the way you've phrased framed the book as well, the new one, because it's like, why can't I sleep? What is it? Uh, why can't I stop eating? It's all of the stuff that we've probably asked ourselves. And, and some of the time, stuff that we'll confide with friends, why can't I sleep? But also, I think the why can't I stop eating is probably quite a private thought that people don't always yeah. feel that comfortable sharing. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's got some handy tips in there as well. So, um, for example, on that, on, on that uh, chapter, um, because I know how hard it is to pull yourself away from addictive foods. So I've introduced a herb called berberine, which is brilliant. Of course, we've got Ozempic and all those out there, which actually, yeah, they like pull down your insulin and metformin. It pulls it down. So the side effects of that are fatigue, chronic fatigue, low mood which I don't care how slim you are. <laughs> if you can't be asked going out, what's the point? So do you know what I mean? So the great thing about berberine is it works on those pathways. However, you don't get the side effects. Mm. And I'm like, why is this not being sort of marketed at the same time? I don't get that. Why is this, why is Ozempic and well, whatever it's called, well, Jevy or what it was, it well, Govi. Why is that being now marketed as the cure? It's not, it's going to have a knock-on effect with my brain. And if my brain doesn't make good decisions, I'm screwed, you know? So for me, that's, that's a, that's a, that is a no-brainer. Just get some berberine in your house as you come off and you, and you introduce different types of food like MCTs and collagen into your teas and coffees. Get the berberine on hand in case you do have your Saturday night takeaway and you do and you are inclined to fall off the wagon and press the effort button, as mm. I am, you know, as yeah. I am. I need berberine to buffer me because, hey, it's the 21st century and we fall off the wagon all mm. the time. But it's picking yourself back up quick and bringing Some, yourself back yeah. around. Someone asked me recently if I was on a Zempic and I my reaction was, well, I think I fundamentally understand what is MPIC, what those, it's a, it's a GLA receptor, isn't it? Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, that's right. So I think I fundamentally understand what it does, but I, but also as soon as you stop taking it, the you rebound stop taking, effect, you, stop. Yeah, the, you get the rebound effect. So that for me is a disaster. Yeah. complete disaster so I just sort of I I nearly replied and I thought this sounds really smug but the truth of it is I've spent a few years now as you know because we've talked about this at yeah. length and you know I was in a very different state the first time we met and I feel as though I have been able to make those changes that Azempic would enforce on me as lifestyle changes that will last forever whereas Azempic would be without feeling knackered that's the key point because everyone's like, oh, this it's doing this for you. You're going to lose X amount of body fat, blah, 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 blah. We can all lose body fat by taking out all sorts of inflammatory ingredients, not a problem, and hacking into your hormones. But the last thing we need to really highlight that it's going to knacker you, and that will ultimately lead you down the path of overeating, mm -hmm. which, of course, it's going to go somewhere. These ingredients are going to go somewhere, and, of course, they're going to end up in the liver, so God knows what happened to people who are on Ozempic for like 15 years. Will they have liver psoriasis? I don't know because we just don't know. But of course, it's going to be one of the most. Well, I think now they've got the, the, the whole statin debates coming round. And it's like, it actually, it doesn't do anyone any favors at all. Statins don't work because cholesterol doesn't cause heart disease and lowering cholesterol doesn't help at all. And in fact, it increases mortality rates. I think, I think Ozempic and the likes of are the new statins, the new uh, hit that they are the hit drugs so mm. it's like eat what you want we'll sort that out with blocking pathways I think that's that's the bill I mean statins are the number one selling drug on the planet but I think Ozempic and the like will take over now it's what I always so. wanted I just wanted to be able to take something to stop me 
stop me eating. Yeah, but of course. I mean, I'd, I'd love, to be, able to, I'd love to be able to take something that would just allow me to be a normal person once a weekend and drink like a lady. But it's not going to happen. The brain mm. is too powerful. And if you're messing with certain pathways in your body, the brain pays for it. And that will be a, a lack of lust for life. Mm. And that is something that I cannot deal with. I'd, I, I don't want to feel I don't want to feel flatline ever again. It's too it's too it's too tiring. And that's basically what what you wake up with every day is right. We're not going to go back there because you know what right. it felt like, and you're not going to revisit yeah. it. No, thank you. No, not and and, and I, I've got no excuse to. Now I know what I know. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. Um, I could talk to you all day, but our our time together has come to an end. But it's always a pleasure to chat to you. And honestly, you're like an encyclopedia, and I'm sure people will be like, I'm not sure that thing about statins is true because everyone likes to argue about. Medical of course, of course, of course. I, I, literally, you must read a book actually called um, Bad Farmer by Ben Goldacre. And then there's a book I am reading now called the, um, I've got it in front of me, The Great Cholesterol Con by Dr. Malcolm Kendrick. And that should just basically, I mean, they're both really funny reads, actually. The guys <laughs> are really sort of English, like eccentric chat. But I mean, it's, it's completely transparent that why statins are put out there. And it is because of the cash. And, you know, and slowly but surely the whole, the heart association are going, are backtracking slowly, slowly, slowly. So, yeah, we'll get there in the end, I'm sure. But it's okay. They've got his MP now. So they'll lean into that. Well, and we can discuss that on another episode of the podcast. But for now, uh, the links to the new book, Hack Your Hormones, your It's Not a Diet book and your social media and also will powders will be in the show notes. I take spice every day. And I know that you told me that you're reformulating. Yeah, I'm reformulating and putting something else in just to help with gut integrity because a lot a lot of us bloat and uh, knees and joints because I just ran a marathon and I think I want to do another. So I need that as well. So from a point, uh, a wholly selfish point of view. <laughs> However, Sarah in the office, her mum has got arthritis. So she really needed it in her, her diet as well. So we thought, right, let's get it into one capsule. So that's that done. And we've also got a new uh, brilliant... Um, electrolytes coming out which actually has in it uh, ingredients to combat water retention so if you've got a hangover if you've been flying or you've got pmt it's got diuretics in it so it's got horsetail tea extract in it and dandelion leaf so that will help you flush out the toxins while hydrating with all the best electrolytes in the world so you'll get the brain function you'll get rid of those cankles and you'll I mean, you might get rid of a hangover, but we just have to wait and see. I'm not trying it. This is making me realise how much in my kitchen is influenced by you because I've got horsetail tea bags. (laughs) I've got my aloe in the fridge and the other for my bloating that you sorted. And I do take my L-theanine in the morning when I have my coffee. So basically I'm heavily influenced. (laughs) Hey, so that's what it's about. Not about cats. That's what's influenced. (laughs) Help me. Right, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Thanks for coming back. Thank you, Emma. You look great. You sound great. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of The Emma Gun Show. I do hope you enjoyed it. I appreciate your time hugely. If you did enjoy it and you never want to miss an episode, then please do hit the subscribe button wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. It's also where you get the opportunity to leave a five-star review and a rating for how you feel about the show. And I'd be so grateful if you wouldn't mind leaving one. 
If you want to get in touch with me, email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Or you can DM me on Instagram and Twitter where I am at Emma Guns. If you fancy chatting to me and thousands of other fellow listeners of the podcast, then click the link to join the Facebook forum. The link to join is in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. You have to answer a couple of questions, but we cannot wait to see you there. Come over and join the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one. Thank you.